Welcome to the Bike Talk with Dave podcast. I'm your host, Dave Mabel. Thanks for tuning in to episode number 103. Today we are talking about the Iowa Gravel Series. Yes, it's fairly regional, but one, I believe it's a great grassroots model for other regions to help promote grassroots racing and to help riders in your area improve their skills and fitness for those national caliber races we like to sprinkle into our calendar. And two, I want to help spread the word for this Upper Midwest series and help the series grow. My guests are Ian Brightlow and Casey Ralston, who are on the board of this series, which in and of itself is a great idea. Imagine all you race directors out there who feel like you need to do everything, and yes, I'm raising my hand because that's my model, which is so unsustainable. But imagine if you had a half a dozen or dozen people as committed as you in making your event the best it can be. What that could bring to your event and how much easier your life would be and how much more sustainable your event would be. Hashtag burnout. Anyone? Anyone? Anyway, this board of directors is a great idea, and both Ian and Casey, who are on that board for the Iowa Gravel Series, reached out about coming on the pod. And it was crazy that the whole space-time continuum thing worked out, and we were all three in the same place at the same time. And we got together in the Iowa Gravel Series mobile office to talk about the Iowa Gravel Series. But before we dive into that, I want to remind you about some special offers from Tafosi Optics. You may recall a few months ago when I told you about the race rail glasses. I love them and I wear them all the time. My wife Dee loved them too, so now we look all cute in our matching pairs. So the thing about Tafosi is they offer premium shades, but at a reasonable price. And during Thanksgiving holidays, the price gets even better. In late November, they are offering some special sales on glasses. I can't exactly tell you what and when, but I can tell you that you should follow Bike Talk with Dave on Instagram and Facebook and watch for these sales. And maybe some pictures of Dee and I looking cute in our matching glasses. Each special is for a limited time. So again, follow Bike Talk with Dave and save some money on some great shades. Start doing your research now at tafosioptics.com. Okay, now it's time to hop in the Iowa Gravel Series mobile office and meet Ian Brightlow and Casey Ralston. Uh, hey guys, uh, welcome to Bike Talk with Dave. I'm here with Ian Brightlow. Got that right? Yes, sir. And Casey Ralston with the Iowa Gravel Series. Thanks for uh, coming on, you guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. And we are in the, I'm guessing, the Iowa Gravel Series mobile office. The mobile office, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is, is perfect. <laughs> uh, in a uh, hashtag van life, camper van. Big time van in life. In a parking lot in... Middle of Des Moines, actually. I told Dave this will be the only good thing to come out of someone getting into a van in a parking lot in a public park after dark. Yeah. I did have to disclose to my wife where we were and assured her Casey's a good guy. Don't so. worry. It's going to be fine. I said we're, we're going to uh, hold judgment 
as to whether whether anything good comes out of this until <laughs> till basically we're driving out of the parking lot alive, right? <laughs> are there any axes in here? <laughs> Cyclists are good at uh, doing weird things in parking lots. Yeah, this is, this yeah. is true. Yeah, yeah, kind of par for the course. Yeah, good yeah. point. We definitely strip down in public a lot. Like, right, right. That's just what we do. Yeah. But anyway, uh, thanks tons for coming on. Thanks for being flexible. And I'm glad it worked out because we all... Uh, well, you live somewhere different, Ian. Right, right. Yeah, I'm yeah. in Omaha, but I've I've tried to connect with you a couple times. Uh, missed you at Core Four. You talked with my good friend Logan. Going to give him a shout out because he gave That's me right. a shout out. But and he walked by and said this guy named Dave started asking him questions. Um, and then yeah, I'm in Omaha and I try to connect with you at Gravel Worlds. But we've already talked about how that was a kind of a crazy day. So I'm glad we can make this happen. Yeah, that was a crazy day. That was a fun ride. Well. <laughs> I think I called it type four or five fun. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. It went beyond type two. Uh -huh. Carrying that tand tandem with all that mud on it was not type two even. But anyway, it was a fun day. Great, great event. Mm -hmm. Big time. So we're going to talk about the Isle Gravel series. I know it's November and the series uh, doesn't kick off until May. Um, I like having races with some kind of unique aspect to them on the pod. And I feel like a seven race series over the course of five months is a unique attribute. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Ian, this was kind of your brainchild, I understand. Uh, definitely not. I know. No. So Chris McQueen, he's our uh, the the founder and uh, series director. It was his brainchild. I think I may have been the. I I did one of the first races in in Wakan and connected with Chris in in 2021, and I maybe responded first to him when he was looking for some help. Um, Casey's surely followed, but yeah, I've been kind of tracking the series for a couple years. And when Chris, um, Mr. McQueen, who lives over in Glenwood, um, asked for help and to, to do the board, I, I was really excited to kind of see, see how the gravel sausage is made, so to speak. But, nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, Casey, what's your involvement here? <clears throat> well, you know, I, I think I saw the same thing that, that you mentioned, Dave. It's something really unique to have, seven different races spread out over you know one, one a month for basically the entire the, the majority of of the gravel racing season the idea of being able to go and see different spots in Iowa but then see the same faces again and again and be able to get out there with the same guys and gals and compete and see if you can improve see if you can you know catch up with somebody that you got beat by last time there's that and then i think the thing that you discover once you've done a couple is that each and every location has something distinct like each each location has something distinct from a landscape perspective or you know maybe a feature of the the route where you're just like i'll never forget that climb or there was this great single track like all of the courses are incredibly well thought out so that when you get back you have these cool memories of like oh and i that's what glenwood was about that's what pisgah was about that's what albi is like it, it's it's got a lot of character Mm -hmm. um, can you guys go through the list of races without looking at a cheat sheet? <laughs> <laughs> dates notwithstanding, I'll fill in the dates. I have a cheat sheet. All right. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we actually just um, discussed this. Um, we are changing the first race called the Kelowna Horseshoe, which is new this year. So it's originally a series of five for the past two years. 
We originally had it the first um, day in May when we announced our um, our calendar. First weekend. First first, weekend, first yeah. weekend. Excuse yeah. me, not the first day in May. Um, however, um, a couple other races um, in Iowa popped up after that have that have been established, and we we really don't want to compete um, in the gravel. You know, seeing everyone's trying to go everywhere um, every weekend for gravel races, so we decided to move it to the week after. So the yeah. Kelowna Horseshoe. In Kelowna, Iowa, which is about 20 minutes south of Iowa City, is going to be the season opener, um, opener. on May 11th. So you're getting the scoop here, Dave. This <clears throat> oh, is, that's this scoopy, is, yeah. Yeah, this is super scoopy, yeah. right? So like Grand Gable, Hogback, and then what's the... Uh, the Lost Hills Enduro. Lost, those were all scheduled for... The, the, if you were ever mm. going to be in Iowa on the best day to be a gravel rider or a mountain biker, it was going to be May 4th, 2024, because everybody had a race scheduled, which also meant that everybody's you know, cannibalizing the same people who are going to be racing. And then you have to make decisions about which one you're going to do. We saw the writing on the wall and said, look, let's move it to the following weekend. So that's, it's going to be coming up May 11th. But that also means that we want to put the word out to, especially for me, being from Des Moines, put the word out to the other Des Moines riders and teams. Like, let's do both. Like, see you at Hogback and then let's see you the next weekend in Kelowna and get everybody out there and... Yeah, start start the season off right. Right. So then that's um, followed by the Silver City Century, which is right along the Wabash Trail, and that's the following weekend, which is right May 18th. Correct? Yep. yep. Very good. Yep. Very yep. good. <laughs> Thank you. You guys are doing good. Right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that's you're uh, even correcting the teacher. So <laughs> <laughs> good. Uh, yep. So that's on the west side of the state, um, along the Wabash Trail, um, just by Council Bluffs, Los Hillies. The the Lus I've always heard Lus? it as Lus Hills. Uh, I don't Lus know. I mean, Lus? route route. I, I've heard, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh and then um the Wakan one hundred, which is in the Driftlet beautiful Driftless area, which I call home up in uh northeast Iowa. So that one's flat? Absolutely not. It is not. It, but I would say it was it felt like one of the flatter rides in the series like when you really? got done you didn't feel like you'd spent a lot of time on really punchy climbs the way that you did after say glenwood but right. but he's absolutely right like it is definitely undulating there are mm -hmm. it's it's very rollery yeah you know it's interesting you say that because for instance gravel worlds nebraska as it can be flat as a pancake it was not flat as a pancake it was just up and down, up the, and whole down the whole time, time. but they were not super long climbs. Like right. you had to work and get over it, and then there's another one, and then there's another one. I did the Driftless 100 last mm -hmm. year, and it's just like, there's a long climb up to a ridge, and then you're on the ridge for a little bit, and then sure. you drop down into a river valley, and there's a long climb up to another ridge. And right. so it's, it's uh, walk on, I say walk on, walk on, how do you say it? Wakan. 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 Okay. Folks, um, I'm saying it fast. That's it. Just get it out. That's it. I mean, I'm from Des Moines, not the Driftless area, so you're probably right, right. closer to, to it than me. <laughs> the Driftless dialect. I don't even think that exists. But <laughs> it does today. Yeah, right now, here we go. <laughs> it does today. Uh, so that's got more of the um, long climb up to a ridge, and then you enjoy the ridge for a while and drop down to a river valley and follow a beautiful, and bring your freaking... Uh, uh, fishing pole, right? Trout oh, yeah. fishing up there is mm -hmm. great. Yeah. That's what I've yeah. heard. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. great. And the camping up there is awesome. Like that driftless area of Iowa is gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely. Highly recommended. Absolutely. All right, so what's after the uh, Wakan? What is after Wakan? Wakan, and then it 
Pisgah? Uh, Did I skip one? No, Albia. Albia, yep. that's right. right that's I was the, the holy cow. Yes. The holy cow. The we holy almost forgot that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I, that cow, there's a, well, I mean, it's named after the giant cow. It has a name, doesn't it? I don't know. The big cow? Did someone a, write in and tell us the big cow's name. Yeah, in right, right. <laughs> please do, please do. There's yeah. a giant cow in Albion. Uh, I always, that's how I associate with Albia. It's a ragbri thing. Perfect. For sure, for sure. Uh, after Albia? Then it's Pisgah. Which has, it originally was called Pisgah for the first years, and right. we switched it to the soldier cut off Hilduro, which we understand is a mouthful, but. Um, yeah, so that's um, usually the week before Gravel Worlds. That's mid-August. Mm. Yep. And then the season finale is the... Glenwood. Glenwood. And Glenwood then, what? Super Bloom. I'm so curious about that name right there. This is incredibly interesting. Yeah, The Super is, Bloom? Well, not necessarily. Uh, the, the name, I think, comes directly from um, the team. Help me out here. Uh, Prairie, Prairie Bloom. Prairie yep. Bloom, right. So... Prairie Bloom is an all-ladies, not necessarily, is it just gravel or is it just an all-ladies cycling team? I think cycling team. Cycling yep. team in yeah. general. But uh, they are sponsoring that particular race because this is going to be an, an entirely uh, female field this year. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. The it's whole race. The, no guys. No guys at all. There's no guys division. It is just a lady, well, I shouldn't say ladies, it is a female-only mm -hmm. race. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. It should be very neat. It, it's gotten a lot of buzz. That team, Prairie Bloom, has sort of put the word out, but it seems like it's a good opportunity for them to, you know, just to really showcase what a, 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 a women's field can be like. And I think they're getting a lot of buzz around the idea of just like you know, the camaraderie of it and just, hey, this is just ours, you right. know? Right. Definitely the, the flagship event for us this year. You know, even talking to potential sponsors, it's we're really highlighting this one as the event. Um, and so Chris McQueen, who started it, he's he lives in Glenwood. So this was his first race in 2020. His little COVID project was just this one race. So it's kind of always been the big grand finale. And now it's kind of turned into something, you know, we wanted to take it up to that next level. What's the next thing? Let's do an all-female event and just really hype this up. So oh, Wow, so there's no five-minute start difference. There's no, okay, the top 30 women go off, and then the rest of the field, it's like all women yep. all day. That's, That's awesome. It. I yep. love that. That's yep. cool. I love that. Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm seeing something in Fairfield. Yes, and then we added Fairfield for mm -hmm. this year, and that's going to be the first first time that's been part of the series mm -hmm. as well. And I, it's so new that I don't have a lot of details about what that one's going to be yeah. like. We had a chance to go out and check out Kelowna since that's going to be a, a new one and kind of recon that. And that course is going to be awesome. Caleb Wilson, who lives out there, is going to be the race director for that one. He just put an incredible course together. But Fairfield, at least for me, unless you know, unless you kind of have the inside track, it's still a little bit of a mystery. I'm not yeah. sure what that so, one's going So Fairfield's to. funny. So that's in um, southeast Iowa, mm -hmm. kind of near Burlington. Um, yeah, you know, not a lot, not a lot of traffic over there. It's not quite near Des Moines, not quite near Iowa City, but um, the city had hosted what was called the Fairfield Harvest Rush, which we're still keeping that name for the past two years, and they didn't quite have um, 
the PR or the advertisement, and it wasn't on Bike Reg. I think that was a big thing. But they, they had a payout, so there was some really fast fast guys showing up from Des Moines to check it out, and then I think they wanted to you know make it a little more official, maybe get some um, backing by um, you know, an organization that had organized gravel races. So they reached out to Chris, and he said, yeah, we'll, we'll take you on for next season. So and that completes the, the seven-race series. Oh, cool. Fairfield is a uh, cool little town. I've heard very, it's very um, cool. Maharishi University, right? I like, mean, we could levitate across the levitate. finish line. That's exactly right. <laughs> for sure. For sure. We're in. We're That's in. That's good. <laughs> um, why a series? Why is a series important versus seven individual standalone races? You know, I, Chris, I think, would probably have a unique answer for this. For me, the appealing thing was, was this notion of, you know, sort of an opportunity to up what you, you know, improve upon what you did last month, but in a, in a setting that was similar with the same people. But I think one thing that we're going to do this year that's going to really kind of bring that home, we're going to add points. We're going to have a point system devised so that if you participate in multiple, multiple events, you're actually accruing points throughout the series. And then at the end, we'll have some sort of recognition for the individuals who who scored the best and and part of that will be recognizing obviously the fastest folks but then also folks who participated in multiple events folks who showed an improvement over those events like it's it's a neat way to sort of have a continuation or a continuum versus just that that awful feeling of one and done and, and you guys i mean anybody who did gravel worlds and maybe didn't finish knows that awful feeling of like do you know how much work i did to prepare for this and my day was wrecked and now i have to wait 12 months for redemption this fixes that this is something where you can go out and then four weeks later if you were unhappy with your performance or if there was somebody that you had targeted who was just a little bit faster than you guess what provided that person shows up in the, in the, the following race, you're going to have an opportunity for redemption. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And I think we have this really great model of what a race day looks like. So we're, I don't think we're going to turn into, and I don't think we're advertising ourselves as a, a festival race. And, you know, nothing against those. Those can be super fun. But these are the kind of races where, you know, you show up at 630, um, you grab your, your packet, you race, you know, for a couple hours, you hammer it out, and you're you're done by lunch. You yeah. get your meal chip, you grab, you get some water, and you can have the rest of your day back. Um, and that's just kind of the model we adopt, and we've gotten really good feedback. So having that consistent model at every race, um, I think people like the predictability. I think it's, um, you know, we do a 50 and 100k race on Saturday. Um, I don't think we're gonna you know, go up to a hundred miles or anything. I think people really like that distance. It's really palatable. So, um, having a consistent model, um, you know, we also give out stickers at the race. So it's kind of like a collectible from each year. Yeah. Each race has an individual. Yeah. Yeah. And they're cool too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. We've had local artists do everything. And then, um, you know, it's bite size enough that we can continually, um, improve it and then also engage the communities that we hosted in versus having a one big thing. That's a neat thing too. Yeah. And Chris has done, and Chris and the entire team have done a good job of making sure that we start off with, you know, getting into the town, meeting the civic organizations, talking with folks, even down to like trying to get our information into any sort of like local newsletters so that 
we have the, the feeling that you get on Ragbri, where the, the individual towns are invested and they want to come out and they want to wave and they want to, they, they know what's going on and they're excited about it. And he does, the, the whole team, Chris especially, does a great job of making sure that we're putting that information out there so that it's not just like your town has been inundated by 75 cyclists. They know it's coming and there's, there's an opportunity for them to not just participate, but even capitalize on it. If they're a small business, they, you know, they, they have an opportunity to sort of attract folks. And, and a lot of these places are places that are probably not on people's map if they weren't going for the race. So it's kind of neat to, to get into these smaller towns and smaller communities and see places that you probably wouldn't see. And they're happy to see us. Yeah, 100%. Silver City, Soldier, I don't know that I've ever been to either of those, and yeah. I've been on 30 Ragbris. Yeah, right. Exactly. Maybe I've been through it. I don't remember. Like, both those names, I had to look up where those towns were. Yeah, right. Because right. I, did, I didn't recognize. I've been like, are these in Iowa? Are we going to Colorado? <laughs> no, no, they're in Iowa. Never been there. So, yeah, it's absolutely an uh, opportunity to go places you haven't gone, see parts of the state. And there's something in every corner of the state of Iowa, which is kind of cool. They've done a good job cool. with that, yeah. too. Mm -hmm. They've done a good job with that. Is there a relationship with the town that existed before this, or is our relationships being built as a result of the races? Does that make sense, that question? I don't think so. I think, so the first race was in Glenwood, and Chris did that. I know he's He's, he's from Glenwood, right? right? So he, that was maybe his, his test, and he, he tested that out. I think the feedback was really good, and then... Yeah, like you said, he most of the races um, were in western Iowa over there. Um, but no, I think he's told us stories about just kind of reaching out to the people or the lo local bank saying, hey, can I be involved in this? And then, for, for example, I mean, we, we kind of talk about these fun gravel moments. And one of my favorite ones is um, um, in uh, Pisgah, or Soldier Cutoff, um, picking up my pack at a local bank had donated some little knives like fun utility knives and it's Chris's kids giving out the the packet the packet pickup so then I'm like I'm going to this park to ride my bike on gravel roads and some 10 year old hands me a knife and my <laughs> and my race number and I'm like these are just too good to laugh at good. stuff like that so I had a similar experience for uh for Wakan this is so cool you went to to pick up your packet and the packet was in the community room of this old Church. I mean, old church just out in the middle of nowhere, like to the point where we were like, this can't be right, right? <laughs> pulled up and we went in and same thing, Chris and, and his kids were, were handing out the numbers and the packets, but he told us the whole, the whole story with the church. The church had apparently, it, it was either going to be torn down or, mm -hmm. or the, the city just didn't want it anymore and they, they were like, we're getting rid of it and a, a private citizen was like, well, I went to church there and I'm going to buy it. So he bought it, and they treat it like a community center. But this church is probably 150, 160 oh, wow. years old. Mm -hmm. Just so cool. And those are the kind of things where it's just like, well, I wouldn't have even known this was here, let alone come all the way out here right. to see it if it weren't for the race. Right. Yeah. I, I think targeting the small towns is, is so smart, too, because there's probably less hoops to jump through. Big right. Time. You probably just talk to one guy and... He's the mayor and he runs everything and, you know, so it's easier to set up. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. So, uh, it's a series. People can sign up for one or they can sign up for the whole series. Yes. Is there a difference in the economics of that for 
a registrant? There is. There is. In fact, for this year, especially since we are doing the points and we would love to see people participate in as many as they can, you can sign up for the entire series in one lump sum. And I think it's it's 400 bucks for all the races, probably with the exception, if you're a man, the mm -hmm. exception of Glenwood, you would be signed up for all the other six races, and that's 400 bucks. And then right. if you don't want to do that, the, the grassroots pricing, which is just like, I show up, I race. I get my number. You don't need to feed me. I don't need to, like, I'm just here to race. Sticker. Stick. You do get a sticker. Mm -hmm. Sticker. 35? Yeah. Oh, my. Bucks. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, and then I, I sh we should add that there, you know, we kind of followed the, the, the gravel trend of adding a 5K race on Friday as yeah. well. Um, yeah, so we should have mentioned that earlier. Yeah, but Friday nights will be a running, a run race. On so gravel or in town? I think they're going to use the same course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that it'll actually be like a trail like a gravel run. Yeah. But yeah, so and, and then you can sign up for both. You can sign up to do the run yep. the, the previous night if you're camping or staying or whatever. You can run Friday and you can ride on, on Saturday. Oh, so. yeah. So That's awesome. That's awesome. I love that. Tell me about the distances. So um, it's the... 10k run on friday and then there's a 50k and then 100k at every event is at, a 50 and 100k correct yep it's kind of simple so how does that work with points like let's say i do the 50k in silver city and the 100k at albia does it matter or that is a great question and mm -hmm. a lot of that is still kind of in the works we'll definitely have it solidified before we get to uh you know, the beginning of next season, but we're sort of looking at different ways to to structure the points. But to you know, to your point, I, I, I think they'll probably they'll probably be separate systems for the shorter and the longer. So if you did do the shorter, you're going to be competing with the folks who did the shorter, and vice versa. If you do the longer, you'll be competing with the folks who did the longer. Ideally, you'd probably want to, as a competitor, you'd probably want to keep your distances the same, just so that you are accruing the points for the entire series yep mm -hmm. yep but i think we're looking at it through a lens of inclusiveness yes i would say we we ran a lot of models and you know some of them have you know a exponential curve where the points are really high and then they they taper off and you know some of them exclude it you know top the last 25 percent and we're like no 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 let's everyone's going to get points so you know you're going to be re rewarded for consistency so it was really cool because we ran a model and there was a couple, you know, fast people who, you know, got first or second at only one or two races. But then some guy, or I can't remember who, who showed up at all of them in the past, he was like fifth throughout the series. Right. But he placed almost last. And I just, we, we kind of like that, you know. He's being rewarded for showing up, and that's exactly what we want. Yeah. So um, I think it's going to lean more towards, more towards that model versus a, a highly competitive one. Kind of something for everybody. If you want to show mm -hmm. up and be with the front group, you're certainly going to be rewarded for it. But if you want to show up and just grind it out and you plan to do all seven, that's going to be a, something that's rewarded as well. Yeah, yeah. How'd you guys come up with all the names? Great question, Dave. Thank you. <laughs> um, so Should I just leave all that horrible like, stuff <laughs> I have to middle. edit out in? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the, the Kelowna name, the Kelowna Horseshoe. So I lived in Iowa City for two and a half years. So riding south of there, if you're from Iowa City, you know, those are the gravel roads you go on. 
And um, there's a large Amish community down there. So it's kind of the, the running thing is that cyclists would always, you know, encounter buggies. And especially if you're biking on a Sunday morning, oh man, you're, you're passing all these buggies. So I think uh, Caleb um, Wilson, who he said is going to be the race director there, you know, maybe his son mentioned something about being a horseshoe and you know, that kind of clicked. So yeah, that's that perfect. Perfect. Holy cow is good too, and even beyond the holy cow that we can't think of the name of, there is one point where you just climb. The, it's a nasty, nasty climb, and you get to the top, and you are just surrounded on either side, just not like off in the field, but just like right next to the road, just cows. And I mean, you're in, you're in, it, it, they must be dairy cows, but like on either side, it's it's like <laughs> it's like the tour, except they're cows. <laughs> It's just like the Alpe d'Huez, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah holy moly. If you're uh, in the beef industry, let it be known that cows love the Iowa gravel series. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, who's your audience? You know, that's. I think the neat thing about these races is that the audience is, it's the full spectrum. I mean, you show up to these and you will see folks who it is their absolute first experience with gravel ever, all the way up to guys who are probably pushing into pro territory. But it really is that full spectrum. And I think the neat thing about these locations, and then also just like Ian said, that distance, that's that 100K, 60 mile distance, it's the kind of thing that checks all the boxes. You can either be the guy who's like, I'm here to race, I'm gonna go as fast as I can, or this is my very first gravel race. You can be very, very happy with the accomplishment that you made, but also, not die like you're gonna it's it's that 60 miles is something where you can get done and be like hey i did that and not you know not be able to walk for three days so it's got all of that it's it really mm -hmm. starts at the very beginning with folks who are just getting a taste for gravel all the way up to folks who are like this is my opportunity to get out and really shine hmm. that's very cool mm -hmm. um uh what like what's the goal why? I think it's, uh, what was our motto? A gr a great day in the saddle. Yep. Great day in it, the saddle. It's purely just for fun, just for enjoyment. It to is. challenge yourself, challenge your friends. I don't, yeah, I think we, we've, you know, we've talked about how to grow and, you know, what, what kind of event we want to look like five years down the road, two years down the road. And I think we do have, like, a sweet spot of, you know, partic participants that we, we have in mind. And I, I think... You know, we're going to be happy when, when we get there and then just listening to the people. Um, you know, a big, big part of gravel is talking to people afterwards and talking to people before. So on the group rides, I'm always picking people's ears. What did you like about this? Did right. you like this? Um, you know, and there's so many, you know, food vendors and there's so many clothing companies, nutrition companies. I think it's just going to be cool to see who we can bring in, who we can help in these communities um, down the road. So... You know, and I, I think we certainly have we have an identity in that it is just exactly what what Ian said, where it's it's you know it's about inclusivity and it's about just getting out there and having fun. But then the interesting thing is, I think this is also a race where it's a little bit malleable. Like we want to hear what folks have to say, and if there's something that folks are looking for, it can still be formed into something that 
includes whatever it is that we're hearing from the race. And, you know, it'd be very cool if we had this or that we have this opportunity to sort of structure it around the feedback that we're getting. Whereas there are races out there where the identity is fully formed. I mean, Gravel Worlds is Gravel Worlds. It is just like that is the identity. That's what it's going to be. This, because it is so grassroots, because it is happening in these smaller communities, because we are seeing the same folks again and again, and because we are hearing from folks at both ends of that rider spectrum, there's this opportunity. I mean, you can't be all things to all people, but at the same time, if you can create something that is just as appealing to the guy who wants to get out and be on the podium and the person who's like, I'm trying this for the very first time and they both come away having a fantastic experience, that's what, we're, that's what we want to be. And when you have a small field and you're able to ask folks like, tell us about your experience. What did you love? What would you change? What would you add? And you have the ability to actually implement that it's a cool thing. It's mm -hmm. a very cool thing. And that's the part that gets me excited is that mm -hmm. it is something where, you know, we have a, we and everyone who participates has a direct influence on what this race, what these series of races can become. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, I mean, I always, what drew me in was I got to talk to Chris after the race. You know, I don't, I've never been at another race where you get to talk to this, the director about, and he's asking you what you liked about it. I'm like, whoa, wait, you actually care about what I think as a racer? And, you know, so, like, to the people in gravel races of Iowa, like, hit Casey or Chris or I or any of the board members up. Let's let's talk about what you want to see. Wouldn't it be cool if fill in the blank? Um, and I, I love that we're big enough that everyone can have a conversation with us. Um, you know, I don't think we'll get too big that no one's ever going to be able to get a hold of us by phone or email or, you know, something to that effect. Absolutely. But, um, I really like the idea of having that be part of our identity. Yeah, I, I love it. You know, I grew up through this gravel thing. I've been racing long enough to um, uh, see the evolution of gravel. I mean, I did Trans-Iowa 2. Um, and, uh, I, you know, you the registration for that was... The postcard. It, well, not just mm -hmm. a postcard, but I literally would cut a cereal box. I'd cut a rectangle out of a cereal box, and I'd fill in my name and put Guitar Ted's uh, <laughs> address on there and send it off to Cedar Falls, and that's no how way. I got in. So Wheaties box or a Special K or whatever I was eating. It was probably uh, Captain Crunch or uh, <laughs> uh, Fruit Loops, nice. most likely. Um but, I mean, that's grassroots, and if you know Guitar Ted, you know he's, like, all about grassroots and making a race that's a challenge to get through and to finish. And, um, you know, he did that with Trans-Iowa by putting the, um, you know, the cue card we didn't get until the night before, and right. we only got 50 miles. Mm -hmm. You had to get to this checkpoint by a certain time, the and then one. you get the next 100 miles, and then you had to get to the checkpoint a certain time to get the final um, cue card. So, I mean, that's, uh, he was super grassroots. And, um, you know, now freaking Wout Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool are racing for a world championships jersey. Right. You know, How in, in quote yeah. unquote gravel. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like this year was a lot more of what we would, recognize as gravel right. than last year was more like Perry roubaix with some yeah. limestone paths thrown in for right. a good measure. Right. 
Um, <laughs> I'm sure anyone who did it, you can call me and correct me, but uh, it felt more like that than with gravel sectors mm -hmm. than what we recognize as gravel here in the States. But anyway, it's like, oh my gosh, it's going to ruin gravel. The UCI is coming in. They're sticking their fingers in it. USA Cycling is coming in and sticking their fingers in it. And they're going to ruin gravel. Right, right. Yes, there's going to be world championships in Italy or wherever they're held. Mm -hmm. Yes, there are going to be people, professionals who make their living racing gravel. Mm -hmm. um, Keegan Swenson is never going to go to a world tour team because he's making so much money racing gravel. Right. Why would you go make minimum wage for Jumbo Visma? Right. 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 Mm -hmm. um, he'll never like he's made it. He's made gravel right. Totally. Stetna, like all these guys. Um, there's definitely a pro professionalization of gravel. Flip side, I can show up for 35 bucks yeah. and pin a number on and go race my heart out yeah. for mm. 60 miles and maybe get eighth in my age group, Totally, have a donut and go home. That's it. Yeah. That and that's exactly grassroots. Right. And there's no reason that the two can't coexist, coexist. and coexist And one doesn't happily. have to be the other and vice versa. You know 100%. I mean? They exist in and of themselves and they don't i mean one may inspire the other but they can exist side by side as two completely different things to be enjoyed in a completely different way well in order mm -hmm. to in order to find the next keegan swenson or peter stetna or cole Patton or whoever mm -hmm. you've got to have grassroots gravel somebody's got to do their first gravel race mm -hmm. this is great these are great opportunities mm -hmm. seven events every corner of the state five months time span yeah like you're gonna find something that fits yeah that's exactly um, right and maybe the whole series like it sounds super fun sounds yeah. like it'd be mm -hmm. sounds like it'd be awesome yeah so. uh i'm gonna ask where people go for information but before i do that right i like to sophia on the gravel family podcast always concludes with what does a gravel family mean to you i'm not gonna jump on <laughs> sophia but i like to ask how do you define the spirit of gravel? Yeah. So Casey, I'll start with you. And I'm going to say, Casey and I share a wheel on some early mornings on the road. So okay. I know you as a roadie, not right. a gravel. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're roadies he's together. He's equally as fast. So <laughs> he is it's fast, just the wheel's sure. a little dustier when it leaves you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I know you as a roadie, so I'm asking you, sure. what, how do you define the spirit of gravel? <sighs> you know... We touched on this a little bit over the course of the of the, the podcast here, but I think the spirit of gravel, for me, is that feeling of accessibility and inclusivity. Like, when you show up to register and the race director is there handing you your number or you get done and someone from the actual event is talking to you and saying, what did you think of it? Or... You know, you're out there and you see the same guys and somebody's out there having a hard day or having a mechanical and you stop and you help them. Those are, I mean, it's almost cliche, but really that's the thing that differentiates gravel. Where it is, it's, it's about the ride, it's about the race, but it's also about the experience and then just that warm feeling you get when you're done because you hung out with great people, talked to great people, met somebody and had a great conversation. Like, all of that happens on the road, but there's just something about being out, usually sort of in, in a far-flung location, somewhere away from everything else, with a great group of people, 
just gets the endorphins going. You leave and you're just like, that was great. I had the best time. That's, that's the spirit of gravel. Yeah. I think it's, you know, the, the feeling after, after you finish. There's always something, you know, everyone has a story coming back. So I'm sure many people have them. I'm going to share two quick ones that came from the gravel series and is, is why I love it. So the first one was at Wakan. And it was Michael Manny and one other guy. He was from Wisconsin. We, we were off the front. This is when I first met Chris. You know, it was hard. We punched up the last hill. We finished. We're dead. And um, I'm not sure we had the podium boxes even set up. So we had to, like, move our own podium boxes. And Chris was all over the place. And that was the first gravel race I did. And I'm just laughing to myself. I'm like, this is so cool. I had done you know collegiate road racing which was so serious in wisconsin and it it was just so relaxed but so rewarding and then you know he had these boxes of nutter butters and they just melted in the sun so then it's like this is how i'm celebrating my first time on a podium is chocolate all over my face moving my own podium box i mean it's a joke but but it made me feel so good and i think everyone has those little silly experiences and then just the attitude of people helping people. So in, in Pisgah, I, I dropped a bottle, you know, lost the front wheel. I'm frustrated, you know, didn't finish how I wanted to. And I get back and on the picnic table is the water bottle I lost. No way. Yeah. Somebody had the heart to say, you know, this guy dropped a bottle. I'm going to pick it up, wash it, take it to the end. So I'm like, these are strangers who care about other strangers. Yeah. That that's 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 the difference between this community. So, if if you're out there, Iowa racer, if you picked up a black scratch bottle, thank you. But <laughs> that's pretty cool. I, I, that's I, pretty yeah, cool. Exactly. <laughs> you probably like. There's going to be guilt next time I pass a water bottle sitting on the ground. Oh no! I didn't. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> right. 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 Oh, man. That guy's screwed. Like, yeah. I don't know. I could get 17th in my age group yeah, if exactly. I just keep going. Yeah. If I pick up this water bottle, I'm going to get 18th. Right. So. So this might cover ground that's been covered before, but I was listening to the Stetna podcast, and you had said, and especially as a road rider, you guys detested gravel. It was like hated it. So. Whoa. For what, sure. What do wow. you say is the spirit of gravel? Oh. Ooh. Turn the tables, huh? Yeah. Um, I love, I love the, I, okay, I love going 32 miles an hour with 18 people, elbow to elbow, wheel to wheel, flying down the road. I love that feeling. Everybody taking their turn at the front, like a perfectly moving echelon. Mm. I love that feeling. Mm -hmm. And that you don't get on gravel, but on gravel, I love, I love the scenery. It takes me to places I would never typically go. Rural roads mm -hmm. you'd never see out in the country, um, streams and hills, although they're not fun to climb. <laughs> um, and along the way, I meet so many cool people, and everybody's willing to. You have great conversations. You like meet people and talk to them. Mm -hmm. on the ride, before the ride, after the ride, and everybody's in a great mood and having fun and hanging out afterwards. I love an event with a, a you know, 
podium with nutter butters that are melted yeah, all over the place. Right. <laughs> um, I just love the community of it and, and um, sharing the stories. You know, in a road race, I, I got dropped. You know, there's my story, whatever, and I rode right. home. Uh, everybody's got a great story from a gravel ride, right. you know, from crawling up a hill or having a fox run out in front of them or the cows the cows <laughs> at the top of the hill cheering yawn or or whatever everybody's got a good story of the day and uh and i love people sharing those stories and and sharing those stories gravel worlds like yeah we're getting through that 37 miles of mud oh, yeah right right yeah <laughs> Was it only one mile? I swear it was 37. <laughs> I don't know. I had <laughs> hallucinated. <laughs> uh, but that was a great experience. We're still talking about yeah. it today, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I right met on. the guys, the, um, I think they're Norwegian, the tandem guys. Oh, yeah. Um, the Dutch. Yes, the Dutch. Track champions. I don't know them from Adam. I've never met them. We have nothing in common. I don't know their parents. I don't know anything about them other than sure. they rode a tandem on the same roads we rode a tandem on. Right. And they had the same horrible experience <laughs> in the mud. Right. They're both like, it was so heavy. I've never felt a tandem that heavy. It took oh. us an hour to get through that thing. I was like, we have something in common. You're right. We have yeah. a connection. Yeah. And it was super cool. Otherwise, you wouldn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I, every year when the rag bike route would come out, you would literally scour the route to see if there's gravel and be like, oh, oh can we get around it? <laughs> Is there a way around this gravel? And now they're, you get a badge for it. Now right? you get a badge yeah, for it. Yeah. Yeah. People are That's like, exactly let's do a rag right. bike across all gravel. Yeah. Yeah. Times have changed, but bikes have changed, tires. Absolutely. I would say have changed. Gearing has changed. Mm -hmm. That's made. That's probably made the biggest difference is tires and gearing. Yeah, and brakes. Yeah, brakes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, just how's your perspective being in in the middle of Iowa? And you know, we run the Iowa Gravel Series. Do you think it's there's something unique to Iowa here? Um, you know, different regions of Iowa. I mean. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's cool to hear about. Uh, every region has its own character and. You know, you say Northeast Iowa, and I'm like hills. You're right. Um, mm -hmm. Northwest Iowa, I'm, I feel like it's flat, but that's coming from Ragbri experience. And sure. I I would say I haven't run ridden a lot of gravel up there. Mm -hmm. um, but gravel, like they don't bulldoze the roads when they make them. They just go over the whatever topography is there, <laughs> right? Sure. So the I'm sure they go up and down, but um, uh, I don't know. I, I will say. I'm, I'm proud of the Iowa gravel scene. Right. Um, I feel like uh, gravel has a long history here, mm -hmm. yeah. um, and was part of the spark that led to what gravel is today. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of that goes back to Trans Iowa, doesn't it? For I mean, sure, you can yeah. Really yeah, for point sure. Point to yep, yep. Trans Iowa, and um, I don't know, like a big. I don't know about a big, but a lot of people would go to Leadville and, and do the mm -hmm. Leadville 100. And we trained on gravel. Like that was That's how funny. we got ready for Leadville. And both of those things, Trans-Iowa happening and a lot of people going out and doing Leadville, Leadville kind of becoming a thing in the Lance Armstrong era. Mm -hmm. Like that's when people started taking notice and wanting to go out. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like those kind of happened. Um, 
And I, Serum's 15 years old, so that would be 2008-ish. Yeah. So that was, Serum was pretty early in the gravel right. scene, and, and that was notable. Yeah. <laughs> that was a notable event. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like Iowa was a part of the, kind of the history of gravel. I'd love to see a, huge, a marquee event in this right. state. I think that'd be kind of cool. But Absolutely. I was... Yeah. I don't know. I'm just, I'm thinking about that, you know, just like there, I think something's going to explode in Iowa for gravel in the next maybe three years, five years. I don't know. Yeah. But kind of on the lines of what you're saying, it, something's going to catch and yeah. it's going to be yeah, big. Core 4 is doing good work. And that's Core 4 a, is doing That's a fun race and it's a hard race. Yeah, I've heard that. Ooh, yeah. Wee. Did was, you do it? I did it. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. distance? I did the hundred. Yeah. So it was, it was a blast, but yes, it was that sugar bottom. Like, I needed to replace my frame afterwards. Your frame? Yeah. Oh yeah. my. I have a new frame because of core four. <laughs> Thanks, Nate. <laughs> oh wow. But yeah, it was great. Yeah, no complaints. Yeah. So. Well, there's a story in there, isn't there? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> huh. Um, okay. Where do people go for information? You've got a, um, uh, like registration is. Uh, popping here pretty quick isn't it It is. and there's it is. some um incentive to jump on early i don't know that we did any sort of discount for jumping in early there is the you do get the discount for the the quantity mm -hmm. if you should if you sign up for all the races you can save a little bit of money that way but i don't know that there's a graduated scale as far as signing up early oh now that's later. grassroots to not have a graduated <laughs> scale. Right. Yeah. Very yeah, i love that yeah. i love that <laughs> Everything's on Bike Reg, and then also you can go to iowagravelseries.com to, to see each individual event and kind of get an idea of what the event is about. Each one has its own sort of separate page and separate history and separate write-up if you want to check it out and see not just where it's located, but also sort of what to expect from the terrain and the community. Mm -hmm. um, Instagram, Facebook, um, we also have a Strava Club, um, as well as something that Casey headed up. Yeah, we, we have a Zwift club now. So oh. as we're making our way through these dark winter <laughs> days and nights, we'll be throwing out some events leading up to the actual in real life races where folks can come and, you know, there'll be group rides, there'll be races, but it's an opportunity for folks who do, who are on Zwift and also do the Iowa Gravel Series races to kind of meet each other ahead of time and potentially, you know, make a connection with somebody who you'll end up riding with slash racing with later on in, in 2024 in real life. Yeah. So we also do have a U YouTube channel, which is pretty cool. And this past year, we've done uh, course previews mm. presented on YouTube with a virtual video that overlays the map. Um, so most of the courses, uh, they don't change that much. Um, you can look at the Strava heat map too. So check those out. And then we also have the Podium podcast, which Chris runs, mm. where he interviews yep. Um, the guys and gals who have um, been on the podium in the past. So it's kind of cool to hear their stories and how they approach events. Absolutely. So That's such a neat way to kind of not just get acquainted with the races, but also get acquainted with the folks who are doing them. I think that that's one thing that's interesting about this series is that especially some of the, the elite guys and gals, they also have a story that goes along with it and they have you know, causes that are near and dear to their heart and reasons that they're racing and things that they're promoting and charities that they're part of. And you don't find, there's just not, this is true of any race, but probably especially gravel, you just don't find boring people on the podiums. Right. They all have, like, 
they have something else going on besides that. They're incredible cyclists. They're incredibly fast. They're incredible athletes. And generally speaking, the rest of their life is equally incredible. Mm -hmm. Yep. No doubt. Success breeds success. Yeah. For sure. You know, um, I, I'm going to say an ironic thing here, but that Zwift club where you can get people together who do this series is I feel like helps define the spirit of gravel. Isn't that yeah. funny? Isn't and that it's funny? Freaking like you're ten thousand miles away yep. on a computer Absolutely. on your bike in your basement or your garage yeah. or whatever. And I, I feel like that's the spirit of gravel. It that's is. super cool. It is. Yeah. You don't even need gravel to experience the spirit yeah. of gravel. <laughs> right. Right, right, right. Hey, that might be the best kind. I don't know. It's a gravel bike video game. Yeah. If you say yeah, it right. out loud. Right. But hey, we're we're laughing at each other and laughing at ourselves. Yeah, no, I love it. That, I think that's, that's part a, of it. That's a super cool idea. Yeah. Um Yeah, I might have to I, I've been a, a Ruvi or Rauvi, I don't know how you say it. Ruvi guy, I like the actual videos mm -hmm. and I, I, whatever. D is a Zwifter. Um, nice. So uh, maybe she can join the, the That'd be cool. gravel, That'd be very uh, cool. IO Gravel Series yeah. club. Scope out the competition Absolutely. for next year. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So. Uh, all right, anything we missed? No, I think we probably pretty much hit everything. Nice work. Nice work. Yeah. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I'll look forward to seeing you guys in uh, Kelowna, May 11th. May 11th. May 11th. Yes, That's sir. the big change. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I'm, I've been working hard to come up with a Star Wars reference. <laughs> and related to bikes. <laughs> well, related to this, and it's irrelevant because it's not on May the 4th. It's on May 11th. <laughs> May the 4th be with all the other the races, races that are happening that yes. weekend. Yes. May and the 4th then... be with you on May 11th. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> Kelowna 2024. <laughs> May the 4th be with you on May 11th. All right. I feel like I've drilled that in enough. All right. Cool. Uh, go to uh, Iowa Gravel Series uh, to see a list of all the races, all the dates. Get them on your calendar. Get signed up, whether you sign up for one or on the grassroots level or dive into the whole series. It's awesome. 50K, 100K, and um, enjoy the spirit of gravel. That's right. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. I am stoked that the space-time continuum warped the very fabric of space such that it brought the three of us together. I want to thank both Ian and Casey for helping make that happen to talk about the Iowa Gravel Series, which isn't only a cool idea in and of itself, but that Glenwood Super Bloom race, which is women only. I love that idea, and I hope that women come out in droves to tackle the lowest hills of Western Iowa on gravel. You can register now for the series or individual races at the iowagravelseries.com website or give them a follow on Instagram. I hope you do. And thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's podcast, I would love it if you would rate and review on your favorite podcast platform. I know I say that every week, but I mean it, and it truly helps the show grow. You can also give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook to hear about those Tafosi sales. And we're now streaming on YouTube as well. And you can find every single episode for streaming on your computer or phone or wherever at biketalk.bike. 
Now, if you really love the show, I would welcome you to support it financially. Just look for Bike Talk with Dave at buymeacoffee.com and drop a few coins in the cup. And when you do, I'll be happy to send you a sticker. Now, I'll also give you a sticker if A, I remember to bring them and put them in my back pocket, and B, if you hit me up at the some ride next year. I know we'll be, hit, be hitting some of the Iowa Gravel Series races, not sure what ones yet, but also the Rattlesnake Gravel Grind in Texas, and we'll be tackling all the surfaces at Core 4. Who's ready for some Core 4 news? After a huge spike in riders and a super thank you to everyone for coming out this year, these guys jumped right back into the fire. It's no surface untouched again for 2024 because Core 424 has a sweet sound to it, no doubt. New routes, new distances, and a new you. That's right, y'all, they are mixing it up with more surprises and delights. New for 24 is the Core 40 distance. Just a bump up from the 20 mile and still has all the farmscapes and B roads and champagne gravel you'd expect from the folks at Core 4, just without the single track. They're telling us 60 is the new 50, miles that is. It's a no surfaced, untouched podium eligible route with all the cats in addition to their marquee 100 mile event. It's the perfect blend of competition and community. We want Core 4 to be on your event calendar for 2024. Jump on Bike Reg today, snag your spot before this event reaches its cap. Come ride the wave and get more bodies on bikes. It's blazing hot action every year and they'll keep the fire stoked all winter long with the 20, 40, 60 or 100 mile route core 424 has something for everyone it's time for the next time let's go thanks again for joining us today and i've got a fun podcast series of my own coming together but it does come with the warning and that warning is this don't make a movie about an event unless you are willing to maybe hop in and do it someday. What do I mean by that? Well, I did a film about a 100 mile run a couple of years ago. And two years after I made that film, I found myself at the starting line. That film was called Reach for the Stars and it is available on the Bike Talk with Dave YouTube channel. Anyway, in 2020, I went to International Falls, Minnesota to film the Arrowhead 135. 135 mile fat bike race through the snow well if you spend enough time with all those video clips on your computer it kind of brainwashes you into thinking that you should do it now I've never ridden a fat bike on snow so doing it is probably not a good idea unless you have some help so with the mem uh, mentorship of Steve McGuire and support from Back of the Pack Racing, I am beginning my preparation for the 2025 Arrowhead 135. It is considered one of the 50 hardest races on the planet. So it seems like a good idea, huh? Anyway, tune in for the next few weeks and then follow along for the next year as I get ready 
to race the 60 hours and 135 miles through northern Minnesota on a fat bike in the coldest time of the year, January 2025. In the meantime, be thankful and remember that nothing compares to the simple pleasure of riding a bicycle.